seems like almost every week um, I'm making a comment about a poor translation of the gospel. So here we are again. How does he say it? Um, where is it here? A debtor was brought before him who owed him a huge amount. Huge amount. What does that even mean? Um, it says 10,000 talents, which a talent was about 15 years wages. So 150,000 years of wages. Can you imagine owing that to your boss? Um, and, and I mean, how much? <laughs> like, how do you get into that kind of a debt in the first place? Um, it's sort of a fascinating question. Um, but we won't get into that this morning. The point is, um, this is an impossible debt. It's not just a huge amount. It's something that's absolutely and utterly impossible for this servant to be able to pay back. And certainly that's an image uh, of what we, as those who have offended God in various ways, we've owed to God. And it's the debt that, of course, Christ comes to pay on the cross. And so it's one of the things that is supposed to in, uh, evoke within us this immense amount of gratitude. I mean, thank God, literally, thank God that he has paid this debt for us because there was absolutely no way, it was utterly impossible for me to be able to respond to the debt that I've owed to God. And there's various ways of approaching that. One of the more helpful ones, I think, uh, is to recognize the infinite majesty of God. I mean, you can imagine, okay, so I have a younger brother. If I punched my brother, got in a fight, okay, it wasn't a good day, fine, don't do that if you're your siblings, okay. Um, but we're going we're gonna to hug it out, we're going to make up, it's going to be fine, okay. Um, if I punch my father, this is like a slightly bigger problem, okay. Um, if I take my anger out on the poor deacon over here, um, it's going to be worse, okay. It's going to move up the chain, okay, if I punch, I don't know, Father Whitestone, I hope he's not listening, okay, I'm not going to do that, don't worry. Um, but on and on and on, okay? Um, and we can just kind of keep on saying, okay, what happens if I punch the president? What happens if I punch the pope? What happens if I punch my Lord Jesus Christ in the face? And each time we have this moment of like, ooh, ow, ow, oh, no, that's bad. And we should respond in a deeper way every single time. But no, it's the same action. Like, it's the same movement of my fist, Okay. And yet, because of the one offended, the gravity is greater. And so here I am, coming before my God, where what we consider small sins, I mean, there's no sin that's small, right? But there's a moment, there's a way in which sometimes we say, you know, this is, this is not a good thing. When I consider even the, again, the, the, the smallest sin, because of the one offended, it has, well... It's infinitely awful. And so this is a, a way to consider and to, and to describe, okay, the debt that mankind found itself in after the fall, after original sin. And so here we are being brought into a world where all of humanity was plagued, as it were, by that fault, by that debt. And I come before my God and what's the only response that you can make when you have to own up to the fact that there is an infinite debt that I can't pay? I mean, on some level, it sounds like this poor servant, um, as he falls on his face, does homage to his master, and says, be patient with me, I will pay you back in full. You stop and say, yeah, right, that's not going to happen. I mean, I don't have, like, there's no way for the servant to pay back 150,000 years worth of wages for him. 
utterly impossible. And yet, he falls down and he begs his master. So what else can I do in the face of the reality of my sinfulness in the past that, okay, I fall down before my Lord, I beg him for forgiveness, and look what he does, look what he's done for us. What's fascinating is that the master, well, he's out a lot of money. I mean, he's, <laughs> where else are you going to find 150,000 years worth of, of, of wages? Where is he going to find that? He can't find that. It seems that on some level the master isn't quite as concerned about the money, about the debt, as it were, as we might be if we found, found ourselves in his position. It's exactly what the, the servant, after he's forgiven, does in the face of his fellow servant. Much more concerned about the money. And so what's the master concerned about? Seems that he's much more concerned about the communion, the community, that is, well, his people. He's more concerned about the forgiveness of the debt. He's more concerned about the humility and the mercy given and received, well, hopefully, received by the servants. He's much more concerned uh, about the attitude of charity and love and forgiveness than about actually receiving repayment for that debt. And of course, that's one of the major lessons from today's gospel. What am I concerned about when someone sins against me? Am I concerned about getting my just due, getting my rights? Am I concerned about forgiveness and charity and ultimately conversion Right? Isn't that what the, 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 the servant is invited into? He's invited into a real conversion of heart. He fails. He fails pretty miserably in the gospel today. You know, that's the whole purpose of offering that forgiveness. You see, the master knows, certainly, our Lord knows that as he forgives us, there's going to be those who respond poorly. It's one of the great paradoxes and even challenges, we can say, of forgiveness is that when I forgive someone, I have to be willing to let them sin against me again. When I forgive someone, I have to be open to the possibility that they might do the same thing, the exact same thing again. How many times do I have to forgive, Lord? Up to seven times? <laughs> okay, nope. Seventy times seven or seventy-seven, however you translate it. This is the image of our Lord on the cross. Open arms, willing to receive even that offense. Again, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That can be challenging for us. Because, again, I tend to be very concerned more about the bottom line, getting what uh, is supposed to be right and correct and good in this world, rather than forgiveness. And so one of the fundamental, again, lessons here is that more important then getting everything perfect and right is mercy and forgiveness and charity. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. It's the way our Lord is going to respond to the Pharisees quoting God in the Old Testament. And so this is a deep lesson for us. Do I desire the perfection of this world? Do I, do I desire absolute and perfect justice in this world? Am I willing to show mercy? So giving of myself 
for the sake of another. So this is fundamental and foundational when it comes to the identity of God which he shares with us. The only times our Lord talks about um, having to um, be thrown into jail until you pay the last penny is right here, and also in the Sermon on the Mount earlier in Matthew's Gospel, where he talks about being angry with your brother. Settle with your brother on the way, on the way to court. If you don't, okay, you're going to be thrown into jail and you won't be released until you pay the last penny. Something about that, something about the unforgiveness, something about this wickedness. I mean, that's how he responds to the servant, you wicked servant. We have a real sense of what, of what wickedness looks like. Not so much all the things, all the failures that um, people folks tend to fall into on a regular basis. Certainly there's, there's, a, there's a wickedness there. But to cap it all off, the unwillingness to forgive. How terrible is that? And we see what it does to us. There's a great line from, from Carrie Fisher, Princess Leia. Okay. She struggled with all kinds of alcohol and drug issues at the beginning of those, uh, making of those, uh, those Star Wars movies. She said in the end, though, that resentment, okay, unforgiveness, is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. It's a powerful image. Resentment is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. In other words, the only person it harms is myself. And the wicked servant discovers that he finds that out in this moment when he's unwilling to forgive his neighbor because it's eaten him up, it's torn him apart on the inside. And what a terrible way in the end to live. So our Lord calls us to freedom. He calls us to redemption. He offers us our redemption. This is why it's healthy for us in our relationship with God to be able to consider the reality of our, of our past sinfulness. We have to be able to do that. If we run from sin, if we end up saying that, ah, it's not really a sin, we're not really a sin, it wasn't that bad. If we excuse sin, okay, this is a problem. Because it makes me unable to receive the forgiveness of my God. And so as hard as it is sometimes to hear that in certain times I have sinned, and even the gravity of my sin, it's extremely important for us to know that and to hear that. Because it's the only thing that allows me to turn to God and to receive his forgiveness. Once I've received that forgiveness, now I have the opportunity to be grateful first and foremost, to rejoice. I mean, how about, that, how about the second servant, servant number two, right? When he's not forgiven by his fellow servant and God takes care of him. Not only am I going to forgive your debt, I'm going to forgive uh, the one who's oppressing you. What kind of gratitude and joy and relief must that servant be feeling in this moment? He's kind of the forgotten guy in this gospel. But it's true for us too. When, I'm, when my debt is forgiven, how can I not be grateful? How can I not be relieved? How can I not be filled with joy because of what my God has done for me? I mean, thank God. I praise God for the gift that he has given. So this is the first uh, reality with regards to uh, our, own, our own sinfulness. And then after that, um, God gives us uh, a means, uh, a lens through which, a paradigm in which to operate as Christians. Uh, the world needs to know forgiveness. And we get to be the ones who are willing to be, even with Christ on the cross, as we continually forgive and others maybe continually offend. 
That's a challenging gospel. Um, and yet we know that our Lord says again in the Old Testament, vengeance is mine, I will repay. If he takes care of, the, of, this, of this second servant because of the unforgiveness of his fellow servant, he'll certainly take care of us as we continue to show forth by our words, by our deeds, by our forgiveness, first and foremost, the presence, the victory, the love and charity, the mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.